0: for that. What a powerful message in that song, Amen. Take your Bibles, turn to two places. Our text is Psalm 115. As we wrap up tonight, the series on more that we started at first of the year. This is part five, I think, and uh, we'll just t- touch base with our theme verse in Psalm 115, and then we will go over to Romans chapter 14 tonight. I won't preach that long, I don't think. Um, It was just more than what I could fit in at the end of the last message, and uh, obviously we're not anywhere near finished with this theme. This was just this one series. We've got quite a few verses in the Bible dealing with the word more that we're going to look at throughout the year and ask the Lord to help us, but I would like to, if I can, just cap off this series with... Uh, A sobering reminder that we'll get to here in just a moment. Would you stand with me, please? Psalm chapter 115, our theme verse is verse number 14. The Bible says, The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Lord, I pray that you'd help us now as we turn our attention to the Scriptures, put it all together for us in our mind, and help us, Father, to be able to take something home with us that would help us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much for standing. During this series, we looked at this passage of scripture, which I'm not going to repeat tonight. We looked at it in its context as we did. The first message was on the Lord shall increase you more and more. And it was on my heart to see God do more things for us and in us and with us this year. And uh, I was a little bit surprised when uh, I was talking to my good friend over in Puyallup, Puyallup, Washington, uh, Brother Bob Reno, and they had the exact same theme this year. We didn't even talk about it. His theme is, is more uh, as well. And I said, well, great minds think alike. Uh, by the way, uh, Nathan and Marissa and Landon are at Brother Buster Mullins tonight down in Chill Virginia. I think Brother Nathan's preaching down there tonight. And uh, so pray for them, but... Uh, Uh, He said, I'm not at all nervous about preaching with Brother Mullins sitting there. I said, I imagine you aren't, but uh, we're uh, praying for them and they've got a busy schedule. They'll be here for missions conference. And so I just wanted to mention that that's where they are tonight. Uh, We love Brother Mullins. Wasn't he a blessing when he was here with us? Uh, But I was asking God to uh, help us this year to experience more, for God to increase us more. I'm a candidate for more, aren't you? And so the first message was looking at the context of the verse, our theme verse. And then our second message was we looked at the agenda, the fact that God wants us to have more. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So we know God's agenda. God wants us to have more. The third message was the abundance. God has more. He's got more than enough for us to have more. And asking him for more is not going to deplete his account. I promise you, we talked about these abundance and the fact that he owns everything and uh, the earth is the Lord's and the heavens is the Lord's and we talked about that. And then the third, fourth message was our appetite, the appetite that we should want more and that God has more, he wants us to have more, but we have to want more in order to get more. A lot of people, that's where the disconnect is. They're happy where they are, they're satisfied. Where they are, and uh, they, they don't realize that God has so much more for them, so much more in store. Uh, but tonight, I want to draw our attention to the fifth message in the series, and that is the accountability that comes with more. If you would turn with me over to Romans chapter 14, I want to take a verse, not out of context. I do want to lift it out of context to make a point. I do want to just give you the context of it, though I'm not going to preach it in a way that would not be. Just to the verse, but Romans 14, verse number 12 says, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Now the context of this verse is right in the middle of a chapter that deals with our liberty in Christ, Christian liberty. It's a passage of scripture that has probably been used and abused a lot. People using it to excuse sin putting it in that gray area. Well, this is one of those doubtful disputations. This is one of those areas where maybe God won't let you do it, but he'll let me do it, even though it contradicts half a dozen Bible verses. They wanna pull out the Romans 14, I've got liberty in Christ. We're not gonna get into all of that uh, because the high road with Christian liberty is if it offends my brother, causes my brother to fall, uh, then I shouldn't do it, all right? So I'm not gonna get into the whole expounding of Romans 14, But right in the middle of that chapter is a verse I've got highlighted in my Bible. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. And what I want to emphasize tonight with a couple other verses is this simple truth. God wants us to have more. God has more. We should want more, but with more comes more responsibility. I'm not trying to scare you off. I'm not trying to discourage you from asking God for more or wanting more. Uh, but it's, it goes without saying that the more we have, the more responsibility comes with that. Now, that's just uh, a, a reminder to be, to be fair that re- that might be a reason why I think some people don't want more It's because they don't want to be responsible for more. And I don't think that's what God has intended for us to do at all by reminding us of the accountability that is associated with more. We like the theme verse, God shall increase you more and more, you and all of your children. Well, that's great. Lord, pour it on me. Okay, he'll pour it on you. He'll open up the windows of heaven and pour it on you. If that's what you want, what are you going to do with it? With that, with that more, with that blessing, with that abundance comes great Responsibility and accountability. It's a word I use a lot. Accountability is not used enough as far as I'm concerned. They need to use it in the halls of, of Congress. There's no accountability, none whatsoever. There's no accountability many times in the home, in the marriage. There's not enough uh, accountability with children and the parenting. There's not enough accountability in, uh, in a lot of places. But definitely in the church needs to be an understanding of the fact that we are. Every one of us will give an account of himself to God. And I've got some notes here. Uh, I don't want to get too distracted with some introductory comments, but I do want to say this. The Bible's clear in Luke 12, 48. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. God is very clear. He'll give you more. He'll bless you. He'll, he'll manifest himself in ways he will reveal himself in ways. He will, he will give you more than you ever imagined. Again, I'm not talking about money necessarily, though that, that could be maybe part of it. If he can trust you with it, he will. I can't find in my Bible anywhere where it's God's perfect will for everybody to be flat broke all the time. But I can tell you this, if he can't trust you with it, he's not gonna give it to you. And a lot of people say, well, if God was to give me this and I would do that, then he gives it to them and they don't do it. Well, forget it. him ever giving it to you again. Right. That's right. I get a joke about the two men that were talking. One of them said, man, we're best friends. And he said, yeah, he said, we're best friends. He said, we do everything together, don't we? We do everything together. We share everything. We share everything. He said, if you had, he said, if you had uh, uh, a million dollars, would you give me half of it? He said, man, you know I'd give you half of it. If you had $10 million, would you give me half of it? He said, man, you know I'd give you half of it. He said, if you had two hogs, would you give me one of them? He said, man, you know I got two hogs. It's easy to give away what you don't have. Easy to promise God, this is what if you'll give me, this is what I'll do. And then when God gives it to you, um, I'm sorry, I think I'm going to keep it. Well, you can forget him giving you more. We could talk about a lot of different aspects that it involves, but the fact is, to whom much is given, much shall be required. God manifests himself in Romans chapter number one. Man's world is without excuse because God has revealed himself, and because he manifested himself to them, they're now accountable for it. Yeah, yeah. That's Romans 1, 19 and 20. That because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God hath showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. What is he saying? Because I manifested myself to you, you're now accountable for it. I even thought about his grace several times in the Bible. The Bible uses the phrase, more grace. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Well, we like that verse, don't we? That's Romans 5, 20, by the way. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. James 4, 6 says, but he giveth more grace. Boy, we want it, we want him to pour the grace out on us. But with that grace, that provision of grace comes responsibility. As a matter of fact, Paul said, 2 Corinthians 6, 1, we then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. God gives you grace. With that comes responsibility. We want the grace of God, but do we want the responsibility and the accountability attached to it? Amen. A lot of people think they want a raise till they get the added responsibility and then they like the better where they were." Oh, I wish I was the boss. Do you really wish you were the boss? Oh, I wish I had his job. Do you really wish you had his job? Well, he makes more money. He makes more money, but he works harder. More responsibility, more stress. Less sleep. With more comes more accountability. Three things I want you to notice about this verse tonight. Romans fourteen twelve, As we cap off this series about more. God wants you to have more. God has more. We should have an appetite, and desire, and a hunger for more. But understand that with more comes accountability. Three things. Number one, we see it is a personal matter. So then, Romans 14, 12, every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. It is a personal matter. Matter If God has blessed you, if God has bestowed his goodness and his blessings and his richness upon your life, you will have to give an account of it to God. To whom much is given, much shall be required. There is expectation with that. You won't give an account to God for what he's given others. A lot of times we get distracted looking at what everybody else has and don't have or what everybody else is doing with what God's given them or what they're not doing with it, but that's not our problem. Many times we have a double standard when it comes to judging. We judge others by a different standard by which we judge ourselves. We become fruit inspectors. Maybe you ought to look in the mirror. The verse is clear. Every single one of us, every one of us without exception is accountable for what God has given us. And I don't want to be rude this evening, but you've got a full-time job being accountable for what God's given you. You don't have time to be taking inventory of what everybody else has. You don't have time to be keeping up with what everybody else is doing and not doing. You've got your hands full keeping up with yourself and making sure that you steward what God has blessed you with. You could probably, if you were to get a notepad, get you a pad paper and a pencil, you could probably just write for days what God has done for you, what God has blessed you with. Amen. And if you're depressed, discouraged, or angry at God, maybe you ought to do that and change attitude. Amen. Amen. Brother Gene just wrote the song, just r- sung the song just a minute ago. Whatever he does for me, it's more than I deserve. Amen. Whatever. I mean, what an amazing song that we, many times, we have such an entitlement mentality as if God owes us more. He doesn't owe us anything. But he blesses us anyway in spite of ourselves. He blesses us with health. He blesses us with jobs. He blesses us with talents and skills and open doors and opportunities. What are we doing with it? It is a personal matter. And we ought to wake up every morning with a strong sense of accountability. I'm going to give an account for what I do today. I'm going to give an account for every opportunity that I have to be a witness, be a blessing. Come on now. It's a personal matter. Number two, it is a pressing matter. Write that down. Pressing matter, as Brother Sammy Allen used to say, serious business. Serious business. You can't get much more serious than understanding accountability as a Christian. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 And verse number 10 says it like this. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I'm going to tell you something. There there is a lot of things in my life. There's a lot of things in the Bible that sober me. But very few sober me more than thinking about the judgment seat of Christ. Every one of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. It's pretty serious. The judgment seat of Christ. It's gonna be a rude awakening for those very immature Christians whose only verse that they memorized as a Christian was, it's not right for you to judge me. It's gonna be a rude awakening. Judge not lest you be judged. If that's the verse you throw at everybody, you're in for a, in for a sad day when you're standing before the judge, right. the righteous judge. Right. And he turns you inside out and you're held accountable. Right. Right. Amen. Serious business. You say, well, how serious is it? Well, Hebrews nine twenty-seven says this. And as it is appointed unto men, wants to die. But after this, the judgment. So these two verses is, is pressing. It's a pressing matter for two reasons. Number one, the judgment seat of Christ takes place after the rapture. Right. Right. When Jesus sounds the trumpet, blows the trumpet, and the church is raptured out of here, somewhere after that, between that and the seven year, end of the seven year tribulation period, somewhere in there, Two events happen in heaven. One is the judgment seat of Christ, and the other one is the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm guessing the judgment comes first. Because we're not gonna be in the eating mood till after that's over with. You talk about losing your appetite, having a knot in your stomach, is thinking about the judgment right when we get done eating. Okay, well now oh no, let's do this first. Let's get this over with and then let's have a meal, all right? I'm just saying, I don't know exactly what the sequence of events is. I just know the judgment seat of Christ takes place in heaven after the rapture. Well, if we believe, and we say we do, in the imminent return of Jesus Christ, we could be looking at judgment seat tonight, tomorrow. That's pretty pressing. (laughs) That's pretty serious. When we understand that we at any given moment could be standing before God at the judgment seat of Christ. Now the great white throne judgment is the judgment for the unbelievers. That doesn't happen until in a thousand year reign. That's way on down the road. But the Christian is facing imminent judgment seat if we believe in a pre-tribulational rapture and I do. Yes, sir. Amen. So that's a pressing matter if you believe in the imminent return. Secondly, according to the book of Hebrews, supported unto man wants to die and after this the judgment you say, well, I'm not dying anytime soon. You don't know that. Right, right. The rapture's imminent. Death is imminent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody get the email this morning that says you're gonna die today? That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Some people die and they know they're gonna die because they get sick and have cancer or something like that and they know they're gonna die and they go on a hospice and they have time. Some people die in car wrecks, car crashes. What am I saying? I'm saying that when we understand the seriousness of accountability to God for what he has blessed us with and what he has given us, and understanding that we're going to stand before God and give an account to God at any given minute, that ought to be a sobering wake-up call. Don't crowd me, preacher. Don't push me. I've got to have my own time. I've got to have my own space. I'm not crowding you. I'm not pushing you. I'm just telling you that one day you're going to be standing before God by yourself. Nobody else, just you. There's not, going to be a, there's not going to be a support group. You can't bring all your groupies in there to hold your hand and pat you on the back. It's just you and God. It's a pressing matter. Are you ready tonight to stand before God and give an account of your stewardship of God's bestowment on you? I thought about it like this: many Christians live their Christian life with the mentality, "I'm a spectator." I'm just a spectator. They attend church as a spectator. They don't participate, don't get involved, don't do anything. They just sit there and watch. Their role in ministry many times is just a spectator. Watching what other people do. Watching other people serve the Lord. Watching God bless other people for their labor and their service. They're a spectator. But can I tell you something? The judgment seat of Christ, there will be no spectators. You are a participator. In fact, it's just you. Some of you are going to be in shock when you realize I can't hide behind somebody else for this. It's just me. Christians are good at hiding. You'll be front and center, you and God. Me and God, that's sobering to me. That's sobering to me. And I don't care how much you pray and how much you spend time in the altar. I don't care how much time you think about the, the, the judgment seat of Christ. None of us, I think, can fully understand the gravity of that moment. When the one that bled and died and gave everything for us and then has given us so much is going to look at you and say, What'd you do with it? What'd you do with it? You prayed for this, I gave it to you. You prayed for this, I gave it to you. You wanted this, I gave it to you. What'd you do with it? It's a pressing matter. I'm not trying to talk you out of wanting more. Oh, come on now. I'm just being real with you tonight. Number three, write this down. It is a providential matter. You're accountable to God. Yes. yes. I've heard people before with a bad attitude and just a bit of sarcasm. Well, you're not my judge, God is my judge. I'm like, and that's better? I mean, I'm not being ugly, but seriously, because God ain't playing and God is not going to judge you based on his emotional state at the time. He's going to judge you based on this right here. It is what it is. It's going to be just, it's going to be fair. It's going to be true. It's going to be right. And it's not going to be, well, he likes me, so I think he's going to go easy on me. Or he did not know me, so I don't think he's going to give me a fair chance. That's, that's what me and you might do. With God, he knows you. And his word is the one by which he judges you. And it's going to be fair and it's going to be right. Right. Well, you be careful that you understand the obligations that you and I have as Christians. Is not about impressing or pleasing each other. So many Christians, I think, get that. Well, pastor, he just expects so much of me. It ain't what I expect. You're not going to give an account to me. You're going to give an account to God. That's way more sobering to me. It's a providential matter. As a parent, we're obligated to teach our children and raise them in the scriptures, but if they do not heed it, they're going to give an account to God, not their parents at the judgment seat. You young people, listen to me. When you stand before God at the judgment seat, your mom and dad is not gonna be standing there asking you, what did you do? Did you respond to what I taught you? Did you respond to the Christian education that I sacrificed to put you in Christian school? Did you sur- did you submit yourselves to the truths and the teaching that we tried to do in family altar and as a, as a parent, you're not going to give an account to them. You're going to give an account to God. Church members are not going to give an account to their pastor. You're going to give an account to God for what you did with the truth that you got. The young people are not going to stand before the youth pastor, the school administrator, or the teacher. They're not going to be standing up there ganging up on you. Well, we know we taught you this and we know we told you this and we know you had this gift and this talent and we know you had this ability and we know you had this opportunity and you squandered it. we know. No, it's just gonna be you and God. I think sometimes we get maybe a little bit frustrated or aggravated at our teachers or our mentors or authorities for the pressure that we feel like we're getting and they expect us to do this and this and this. Well, yeah, but that's because they know that God's blessed you, and you're gonna give an account for it. And nobody can come to your rescue at the judgment seat. And I just said this, but I'm gonna say it again. You're not gonna give an account to me, your pastor. You're gonna give an account to God. Now, I'm gonna give an account for me and you. (laughs) The Bible says that in Hebrews. That they may give an account, they may do it with joy and not with grief. I'm going to have to give an account for you to God. And if I can do it with joy, it's profitable for you. If I do it with grief, that is not profitable for you. And I'm not even sure I understand how all that works, Brother Snipes. I've been taught that my whole life. I heard it when I was on that side of the pulpit and I believe it on this side of the pulpit, but I don't really understand it all. I just know it says, obey them and have the rule over you and submit yourselves when they watch for your soul that they may give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. So I'm going to give an account not only for what I preach, what I teach, the counsel and the advice and the guidance that I provide as an under shepherd, but at some point, I'm accountable for what you do with it. Now, I don't know how that works, Brother Sasser, but it's in there. I know that it will be profitable if, 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 if I can do it with joy. It'd be profitable for you. Yeah. If I do it with grief, that's not profitable. I just know this, the accountability when you stand before God at the judgment seat is to God. And I'm gonna be accountable to God. I often mention that even like what I preached this morning. Man preacher, who is you mad at? Nobody, except the devil. I'm not even mad at Herod. I'm not mad at Herod. I don't think John the Baptist was mad at Herod when he said, It's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. He was just doing his job. Right. Amen. Right. But even if he hadn't been mad, that was beside the point. It's irrelevant. Amen. Waitress has a bad attitude. She's got a bad attitude. But what's on the plate? Eat it or don't? Her attitude's irrelevant. But I'm very much aware, brother, brother Caleb, that I'm gonna stand before God and give an account yes, as a pastor. And it's, it's, I can say it like this: There's not a day goes by, but what I don't feel that weight get a little bit heavier. Right. Yes, sir. There's no day that I wake up and go, "Okay, God, I got this." No, every day I wake up going, "What am I doing here? I need help. I need God. I don't want to blow it. I don't want to mess it up." I don't want to cause somebody to stumble or fall or trip or be a castaway. And that's kind of what he says in our text in chapter 14, verse number 13. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I don't want to, I don't want to call somebody to stumble or fall because I didn't do my job or my responsibility. And there's a balance in there. I, I understand that. I just know that God has more. God's got more he wants to give you if he can trust you with it. God's got more he wants to do with you if he can trust you with it. God's got more he wants to pour through you. I did a little bit of plumbing work. They've got half inch pipe and three quarter inch pipe and Two inch pipe, and they got pipes this big. Yes, sir. The bigger the pipe, the more water he can send through it. Right. I'm a dispenser. You're a dispenser. That's right. Yep. Yes, sir. We're, we're, we're dispensers. God wants to pour in us, through us, and out of us. Yes, exactly. And I can promise you this, and this is just one one element. That I have personally experienced in my own life. The more you pour out, the more God will pour in. That's right. Amen. Amen. I preach Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, chapel, have a podcast. Why? Because God's just gushing it in me so fast, I ain't got enough places to get it out. But if all you do is you're just an old stagnant pond, you got this ditch trickling in, it's just got algae floating on the top and, and lily pads and there's no outlet, it's just gonna get stale and it's gonna get yucky and there's nothing going out, there ain't gonna be a whole lot coming in. Amen. Right. You want God to give you more, you want God to use you more, you're gonna have to be accountable for it. That ought not to scare you, it ought to excite you. Amen. Yes, sir. With heads bowed and eyes closed tonight, I wonder if there'd be somebody get up out of their seat and get in this altar and say, Lord, I'm going to make a commitment tonight that if you will give me more, I'll do my very best to be a steward of it.